Welcome to Homestyle with Shana Blaze. Thanks to Red Energy, born and bred in Melbourne with a customer solutions team based here. Switch to Red Energy today. Welcome to Homestyle. Thanks to Red Energy, born and bred in Melbourne. That's Red Energy. My name's Jane Neild and I am here with Shana Blaze, interior designer, author, TV presenter, one of the judges on the block and sadly now announced as the former interior designer on Selling Houses Australia. We'll get to that in a moment, Shana. I'm a little bit devastated about that one. Firstly, look, we're recording the week of the women's marches and I know that you are headed off to the march in Melbourne. So... We've got a platform here. Tell me why it was so important for you to head out uh, to the March for Justice in Melbourne earlier in the week. I I think it's so important. And I've got to say, Janine Hendry put this together in, like I think it was 10 days or two weeks max, and she just had enough. She'd had enough and she put it out there on Twitter, like, you know, let's march around Parliament and and ring Parliament of of women just tired of injustice, um, inequality, and their voices not being heard and being believed. And so she's created created a surge around the country and she's created, you know, 17 marches and due to COVID, we can't fully march. And so this is just being present and saying, we've had enough. Enough is enough of that hashtag as well. And I think it's really important to march for justice in the fact that, you know, men need to stand up for us. We are sick of fighting for our rights of being heard, being able to just walk freely and not be scared. And I know somebody turned around and said, well, men get attacked too. And it's like, yeah, men get attacked by men. Yeah. So, you know, enough is enough. We need equality. We need our women's voices to be equal. And also I've got a charity called Voice of Change that is all about this. It's all about family violence. But learning, you know, where family violence comes down, it, it is, you know, how we're talked about in our workplace. It's about inequality in our schools and it's inequality in our environment. So all these things all come together and we need to actually work together to make change. We've been trying for not just decades, centuries. Enough is enough. We've got a voice. We've got a surge of women out there. We are more than 50% of the population. We need to have that voice and be heard and make sure that um, we don't stand down anymore. You've sort of worked in male-dominated environments. Like, you know, the block is lots of male tradies. And are you a person that, like, I find it really hard if I hear someone speaking disrespectfully about a woman in particular or just the language that gets used. Or, like, I remember I was doing a gig with my band once and he went, oh, oh, there's a chick singing. All right, get the girl's microphone out. I was like, mate. I don't yeah. need a different microphone because I'm a woman. I think he expected some sort of, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, you just like oh, all those sort of really subtle things. Like you must have encountered a lot of that over the years. I've got to say, I've, wor- I've worked in male-dominated industries my whole life and I have been incredibly lucky. I've had a lot of good men around me. It doesn't mean they're not behind me or in front of me or next to me. But I sort of feel like I've been able to call out a lot of people but at the same time, I, I have had times where I've been mute and too scared to, to say anything. And I think that's the, the big thing of being afraid to have a voice because of the repercussions. So I have had both sides of that. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? It all comes down to sort of some of those real basics that you let the little things fly and the big stuff just all tends to pile up. Did you ever go to protests when you were young? Can I say this would be my very first one? Oh, wow. And how did it feel? (laughs) Absolutely fantastic. It was very emotional. There was a lot of anger there, I've got to say, but there was a lot of there was a lot of men there. And I'm really proud to say that, that, you know, men get it. And there was this gorgeous guy that had a T-shirt that said, I love my wife. 
And, you know, this mum that had her son that would have been maybe eight months old and, you know, she had that sign that said, educate your son. So here's a mum with her son saying, well, I'm going to educate my son on how he Mm. needs to treat women as equals. Well, you are listening to Homestyle with Shana Blaze and myself, Jane Neild. It's all thanks to Red Energy, born and bred in Melbourne. That's Red Energy. And a big shout out to the team. It was so nice walking into a new house and having all of the Red Energy connected really easily done. So give them a call and uh, talk to Red Energy today. Now, I wanted to ask you, Shana, about some little developments when it comes to your commitments to Selling Houses Australia. And I thought the best person to maybe chat through what's happening, maybe we could just sort of see this as a a little sort of co-host counselling session. It is my absolute pleasure to actually have Andrew Winter from Selling Houses Australia on the line with us as well, because, well, sadly, Andrew, you're saying goodbye to Shana. And I'm sure it's been really hard to say goodbye, Shana. But Andrew, Shana... You know each other very well, but here we are on a podcast together. I'm sure Andrew doesn't miss me one little bit. (laughs) Are you leaving? Uh, Yeah, Darles, I'm leaving. But you know what the funny thing about this is? That, like, you know, I have just announced that I'm not going back to selling houses, but we, it's been 15 months since we finished Series 13. Charlie left, and we've been hanging, we've literally been sitting on a chair, swiveling, waiting, waiting, waiting. And um, we haven't even seen each other. When was the last time we saw each other? It was over a year ago. Uh, no, it wasn't. Where did we see each other? We went out for an amazing lunch with our children. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> I got that out of my mind. We did. We, that was like yeah. October or something like that. That's yes, right. we you did. You had a Big Mac, but no fries. Yes, that's um, right. I can't remember what your daughter had. Well, actually, no, I had the fries. You know I love the fries. <laughs> I do. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Yes, that was that. Yeah. But can I just say, this is the extraordinary part about it. Um, yes, the big announcement yesterday, mm. very sad that Shane is leaving. But the, the reality of it, we actually haven't worked together on selling houses. I'm trying to think, Shane, is it January last year? No, January it, was, 2020? It, was, it was December we finished filming and then we only did, in January, we did the promos. So right. our last film Which has never was, happened. no. No. So our 2000, end of 2019 was the last time we actually filmed an episode of Selling Houses and it was with Charlie. So, so many yeah. people saying, oh, I miss Charlie already and whatever and go, we haven't filmed anything without Charlie yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. It really is true. It's, it's been a very bizarre year for yeah. many people the last 12 months or so, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. And I, and I think the thing is, you know, um, Selling Houses is now going to be made by Warner, which is really exciting. And and it, it just came down to timing. They shifted when they were going to be programming and when they were going to filming. And I'd already committed to a couple of personal projects. And I had to make a decision. It was really it was really hard. And because I'd already committed to this project, it was so difficult that I, I had to say goodbye. And that was not easy. And, you know, and, and it is an easy change. We, both you and I went through that with, with Charlie's yeah. departure. But yeah. Look, you know what? Life's always full of new challenges and changes. And if you didn't embrace changes and challenges, then life would have no fun. Um, Absolutely. And that's the, you know, you've got so many exciting things to look forward to. I've got a whole new team to work with at Selling Houses. So, I mean, who knows? I mean, 
those two might even the new ones might even be nice. Well, they might even be work. better, and that's really you oh. know that's a scary <laughs> thing of leaving, you know. But but I think the thing is like you know we've had thirteen years of working in each other's pockets for eight months a year, and you know it, I think. What are you trying to say? No, no. What what I'm saying is that you know for thirteen years that it, that's been our life and it's been our family, and so you know just moving on and you're working with another team will always have that friendship, even though we don't live in each other's pockets now. But we've just got so many memories and funny things that you just can't talk about to other people because they just weren't there. Now, I think the other interesting thing is I, I do, I like to think we're a little bit unique because what show has been going that long where the three hosts all separate and are still talking to each other without lawyers. <laughs> Actually, you're right. You're right. I mean, we sling a little bit of you-know-what to each other, but I think that's just, yeah, no, we've, we've never actually had a fight or a falling out. Or, we've never had a bad word against each other. That's, not really, yeah, no. Lots never. of funny words, but not bad ones. Yeah, yeah, some ridiculous. Although I must admit the amount of times I've, you know, you and Charlie would start talking and it was just white noise and people say, I can't believe they just said that. And I said, oh, what did they say? <laughs> <laughs> and some of the things that Charlie would say, well, they never will make hair, ever. Never. He was a cheeky never. monkey, I tell you. Andrew, you were always portrayed on the show as the man who would waltz in in the suit and just kind of like, you know, perhaps criticise Shana's cutting in or question some of uh, Charlie's gardening work. But really, come on, do you roll up the sleeves and actually get your hands dirty? Uh, No. No, Um, it's so true. (laughs) But can I let you into a little bit of a secret? Um, I I bought my first house at 18, which was a renovation. Oh, here we go, justifying your existence. Okay, so I am just would like to point out that for many, many, many years, I had to do all sorts of stuff. Because there was no way I could afford to get anybody in to do any of the work. So it, I, but then as I got, you know, as I headed towards my now mid to late 30s, um, I just thought, you know, I don't really need to do that anymore. Um, yes, he did, it, when, he did so, it with the rolled up, um, you know, design a $500 jumper, putting a flat pack <laughs> oh, that together. Was, that, was on the sh- that was hilarious. If <laughs> anyone's ever seen the UK version of selling houses that Shane is referring to, they did used to make me do DIY in a $500 or $1,000 sweater that they'd lent me for the <laughs> afternoon. It was quite ludicrous. Very English. <laughs> Uh, now, you're up on the Gold Coast, uh, Andrew, and we know that a lot of people have just done the, just disappeared from Melbourne and have decided they want to be where it's sunny, where you really didn't have as much of the COVID restrictions we had. Yeah. Are you sick of all the Melbourneites and, and people from the southern states in your area? Because I've heard the real estate market has gone bonkers. Yes, trust me, long, let them keep coming as far as I can. It doesn't worry me. <laughs> Absolutely. Do, do you know, it's very interesting. It's, and I wonder whether a lot of regional areas are going to see this across Australia in the next year or two or already seeing it now. Is that, I mean, when, I first, when we first came to the Gold Coast 15 years ago, if on a weekend or an evening you wanted to go to a restaurant or a cafe, you wouldn't even ever think of booking anything it would be a pointless exercise but to, but literally this sunday morning my family we decided to walk around the corner go to a favorite um cafe that we have that we would go for brunch on a sunday morning so we'll just pop around there mm. and off we went we got there about quarter past 10 all chilled and the lovely girl sort of said it's about half an hour for a table 
I know, it's and we all crazy. Each other and go, oh, God, really? Yeah. This is a local's cafe, and, and it's <laughs> full. And you think, oh, well, there you go. So, I, I, But I think that's... I, I actually look at that, and I see that kind of eating out, dining out, relaxing culture all across Australia, not just Queensland. I see that, mm. that everywhere, cities and towns. I, 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 we have become so... I don't know. We have a pretty good lifestyle here, don't we? Let's be honest. And, and you, yeah. you see that every time you go anywhere like that. It's just unstop- and the quality of food everywhere is so good. I think Andrew loves people coming up to Goldie because he just sits there with his calculator and go, okay, more interest. <laughs> yes. I've just made another 1%. Yes. It's flying, another 2 Yes, keep eating your smashed avocado. <laughs> Make my property worth more. <laughs> that, well, there is that, of course. I, I do think that, exactly. So are you going to struggle to find people um, in certain areas who can't actually sell for the new season of selling houses? I mean, things seem to be getting snapped up and you're hearing reports in Melbourne that people are buying without building inspections because they just Mm. want to get into the market. So give us your sort of professional opinion on, on the desperation that seems to be out there to get into a property. Okay, well, you see, selling houses are obviously on the seller side, which at the moment is, is selling is in for a lot of places, and most people is relatively easy process. Yeah. Selling houses a show, which Shana will t- tell you, o- over the 13, 14 years it was going, the markets we've seen have gone all over the place. There were times when we would be in the central Sydney market in prime areas, and people would be saying, I just want 700,000 for my freestanding house. And we'd all look and go, they're never going to get that. Yeah. And they didn't. Yeah. Um, that now is 1.7, 1.8 million. And, and this, and I remember, in fact, oh gosh, I think it was Glen Aris. We did a beautiful cut oh many, God. many years ago. I wish you know I it, had that you? money. I wish yes. I had that money then. Jesus. We did a Californian bungalow in Glen Aris, the most beautiful home it was with a beautiful block. And all he wanted was about 900,000. And could he get it? Mm. Not a chance. And today, you know, that'd be worth 925. That'd be actually. <laughs> I am joking. I, re- I, am joking. I agree. It'd be worth two million without a doubt. Without a oh, doubt. Easily. And we were all cry. Like you know, I I live not far from it, and I wish I could have afforded it because we all knew that it was worth so much more. The size of the block was incredible. So yeah. it is weird that when um, we go to those houses and you can't sell, but the the markets were quite different then and um, you know you know that my son Jess has had a real problem trying to find a, a property um, people are paying stupid prices what, what do you think about that well I can comment quite happily on that because I can tell you now the last thing I'd be doing is buying yeah. it's just the wrong time it is the wrong time so any people that are panicking out there don't panic because the, the, one, of the, one of the fundamental reasons at the moment the Australian housing market is going crazy is one element and one element alone, and that is lack of supply. So most good suburbs and most regional towns across Australia have only a limited number of houses for sale because a lot of people are thinking, oh, the market's a bit mad. If I sell, what am I going to end up even being able to buy? So they're hanging back. And obviously with COVID and other things that are coming in, so even though there's amazingly low interest rates, it's just a lot of people are hanging back. So it means that your typical suburb that normally might have, for argument's sake, 15 houses for sale at any one time might now at the moment only have eight or nine perhaps. Mm. And then you've got the normal 15 people looking, but in fact, there's a few more because everyone says it's great and the interest rate. Says, so there's more people looking and less people for sale. So that is why you're getting this home that you think is worth 700,000 going under the hammer for 920 because 
there's nothing else out there. So yeah. for my advice for anybody, including your son, is look, really, I'm afraid you're kind of on, on a wave at the moment. I'd just be sitting back and waiting for it to all calm down, which it does every single time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So is it a good Sorry, time Jeff. to renovate then? <laughs> like, you know, if, if you think, oh, well, maybe in a few years once things aren't so crazy, it is, a, is it a good time to renovate if you don't want to risk selling and not ending up with a new property to actually add some value while things maybe are a little bit out of your reach for the next step up on the property ladder? Yeah, one of the things that you have to be very conscious of when you do any major works to a house is overcapitalizing. So if your house is worth maybe a million and and uh, you think, oh gosh, if we spent 200 on it, we're going to need 1.2 to get our money back. Nothing in our suburbs sells for much more than one, 1.1, then you're overcapitalizing. But at the moment with the rising market, and if you've bought something perhaps only two or three years ago for say eight or 900, now it's worth 1.2 without you even making changes, you've really got that space to be able to go and spend some money on the property. And obviously, you can get an extra bit on the mortgage if the bank will let you at very low, very favorable interest rates at the moment. So people like Shana and, and that environment and designers and interior people that can, can help people get the house up to the next level, extended and looking amazing. It's really worth, this is the one time that's probably better to do than to, to sell. Because if you sell, you've got to buy again and you're buying in a booming market. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. Like I, I'm getting messages from so many people. Sorry, I can't reply. There is way too many. Um, like really putting money into their home and, and renovating and, and finding that opportunity to really put yeah. the money into their home and stay there for quite a while. So, you know, maybe there might be scarcity in the market for a little longer because I think people are hunkering down and, and putting money into their home. What do you think? I do think that's the case. I think there's also – but there will also reach a point where you keep seeing um, news online and in the media about – the reserve was 800,000 and it went for 1.1. And what will happen is whilst that's celebrationary for the, the sellers, after a while it starts to filter through to the buying public and then you'll get the opposite where you'll be going, well, not buying. I don't want to buy. Now, as soon as that starts to happen, you watch that market can change overnight. And of course, that will happen in different parts of Australia in different market conditions at different times. So you'll find somebody in Sydney go, I can't believe it. You know, we've had virtually nobody through our open house. We were expecting it to fly out the door and we've had nothing. Meanwhile, somebody in Melbourne's outer suburbs has just sold their house for more than they ever dreamt they'd get for it. So timing will be different in all these different places. So, yeah, it's going to be a market to watch. But this boom, it never lasts. Will we have a drop, though? Like, you know, the boom, do you think everything will just stay as what it is or do you think we'll have a drop? That depends where it is. Mm, I'm afraid location not giving it away. Well, that's because it all it all depends on the scarcity. So if you, um, I mean, obviously, Shane, we all know that you've got several mansions in Turak. Absolutely. So somewhere like somewhere like that, um, where there's always a limited supply and always high demand, uh, might not get such a big knock as things quieten down. If you've bought in a new housing estate that's 30 k's out of a city. And you were in phase one. There's another three or four phases of block after block of availability. Sadly, those are places that can get hit Mm. because there's lots of supply. So even when the market starts to dry up, there's still lots for sale. And that is what really hits the market. So it will be depend on the location Um, and and employment. If any any fundamental changes happen in area for um, for employment or anything like that, that can hit too. But I don't think we'll get a, a massive slump because I think Australia during COVID has has 
shown itself to the world as one hell of a robust economy. Yeah, we're um, very lucky, aren't we? We're so, so lucky. I think, if anything, once things, you know, the international travel is in the next year or two starts, get me, I think a lot of people are thinking about putting their money into Australia. So that could compensate mm. for anything we have, any issues. So it's going to be a very interesting few years. But, but don't panic by and don't just pay, you know, yeah, crazy, crazy money for something. Yeah. One thing I'm not sure if you know, Jane, and if people are slavishly watching Andrew's Instagram is that. Andrew is a serial buyer, renovator, and so you're on your um, 25th property here in Australia at the moment. Um, and every time you, like the past, what, three or four years, yes, well, you know, this is, we'll stay in this one for a while, and then you finish it within six months, you go, oh, I've had an offer. So this one here, I know. You know, your girls are growing up. Um, you really love this area. It's buzzing. Um, are you going to stay in this one for a while or are you just going to throw it to the wind and say, look, we're here for ages till someone offers something? I, I, yeah, and the trouble is the market's so glorious here at the moment and you're going, it's next. So for how much? Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, no, it, it's, it's one of those things I think as um, anybody that's um, – been in a situation, yeah, with serial house movers. Lots of families aren't. Some families are. My kids just roll their eyes when it's we're moving again. Oh, we, oh God, really? Um, the, there is, <laughs> there's a little bit of a difference with this house as I've never seen our kids so enthusiastic about. Even our one that grown up one that lives in Sydney is constantly saying, "I'm coming back for a few days." By the way, just to let you know. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it is that, but I've, I also think <laughs> I don't know. Having, oh, hang on, I think I worked it out. In the last five and a half years, we've lived in seven different houses, including rentals. And you know what? I don't want to do that now for a while. Yeah. I, really, I think the whole family just wanted. So I think we're going to stay. Interesting enough, we've got a, a sort of a 1980s built duplex in another part of the Gold Coast. that We've owned quite a few years with a lovely old couple renting it who are gorgeous. And they can stay there as long as they like. That will be at some point something that we will renovate. So I think it's more likely that my wife will say, well, if you want to get your renovation hat on. Go down the road and do that one, and we'll stay in this. I think that's a good idea. That's a good idea because I remember um, not this one, but the one before. You know, going in there, you just moved in, and Caroline's got the the fridge, and everything's moving in, and you've escaped. You're gone somewhere else, and Caroline's looking after <laughs> it all. And you know, she's just come from this gorgeous, luxurious home, and then you're just in this Renault, and the the fridge is leaking, and everything's everywhere, and it's just crazy, and you missed yeah. it all. How did you work that one out? You're very clever well, yes, at disappearing, you... Andrew, when work needs to be done. But this time, because my work, wife works at a school and all during the COVID times has carried on working full time, guess who's been at home packing into goodness and unpacking at every rental and doing it today as we speak, literally surrounded by boxes? It's been me, so it's been um, payback time. <laughs> I need pictures and I need videos because I don't believe it. Don't believe it. I've seen the opposite and heard the opposite so Absolutely many times. Absolutely true. Absolutely true. <laughs> How would you describe your design style, Andrew? Because you did at one stage uh, have the cameras go behind Selling Houses Australia and, and peek into your life. Like, you know, if I was to walk in the front door to this new wonderful property, how would you sort of describe your aesthetic? Oh, I don't know. Well, it's, it's mainly my wife's aesthetic. Um, having said that, that's not quite true because we actually do – 
generally like similar things, which is, um, and I do have an input. I mean, there's, so that I would probably, if you asked her, probably the, the design of the house, I would have spent 85% of the time with the architect. Caroline mm. would have spent maybe 15% with us. Um, so that, that, that design and, and the kitchen and all that sort of stuff and the time it took me, don't laugh, to design two vanities for our master en suite. I can't tell you how long that took. Um, but <laughs> so all those sorts of things are me. But when it comes to the colours, the flooring, we talk together, but it's very much driven by my wife. Um, and so it's, it's quite a, yeah, it's quite a good combination. In fact, we, I've got a funny story to tell you. We had... Because it's a very narrow three-storey-plus-roof terrace house, the builder getting scaffolding on the site was really tricky, and he was desperate to get it down because we were on next door's property with the scaffolding. They had permission, but obviously you can't keep doing that forever. And he wanted to get the scaffolding down, so he was really pushing us for the exterior colours. And we'd spent months, Shana will, will know this, months trying to get it exactly right. It, all, mm. it got The two top levels got done, and then Caroline drove us, I don't like it. Huh. I said, well, shit, what do you mean you don't love Oh, fuck. And our builder said, I want, I want the scaffold down on money. I want the scaffolding down to first floor level. Oh, shit. Well, lucky enough, I've, we got a mate who's got our architect knew somebody, came along and sort of put our minds. I said, it's going to be fine. All you need to do is this, this, and this. And uh, uh. so don't think it's any easier because it's funny. I think I posted something about our fencing color and, and made a comment that it only took us, you know, two months to work out the, the neutral color. I mean, it's pathetic, isn't it? The neutral color of yeah. a fence. And, um, and so many people weren't yet been there. It took us weeks and weeks and weeks. I'm sure you can back that story up. Oh, absolutely. And I, th- I think exterior colors are actually hard harder than interior colours because, you know, know. the the daylight, the nightlight, it it is quite tricky. And um, But but I think, you know, when you're doing it for yourself, it always is harder and and is, you know, a a harder process. And um, But but just with your design style, I would always say that you, you know, everything that I've seen that you do is always contemporary of what's now moving forward, not trend. You don't do trend, but moving forward suits your area, which is just so you. But then you both have that beautiful English aesthetic of beautiful, lush, you know, um, couches and that beautiful conversation pit. So it's it's very warm and homey once you're in this very contemporary building, but but you're like that. You're home. I mean, I know you do all sorts of different styles. I know that. But mm. I, knowing you, you as much as you might like something to be like you say on trend or whatever, you still want to come in and curl up at home because oh, it has yeah. to have that sort of warm, fuzzy feeling on a winter's day and on a summer's day. It's got to have that yeah. sort of oh, this, and, and it's also got to have you in it. It's got to have a few of your family picks. It's got to have some random thing that sits on the side in your, I love the word vignette, so it always makes me laugh, <laughs> in your vignette. But, but one of those things happens to be something that actually has a meaning to you. Yeah. And, and, and it's all those silly little things. And we were laughing because um, we've now been, you know, on the road moving for, for years, literally, and we fit, we're unpacking things we haven't unpacked. And we were talking with some friends on our lounge only a few nights ago, and they said about... Um, few things that we've, you know, are still here, always in our house. And our kids couldn't think of anything, even though there was, you know, a table there and stuff like that. And then they both looked at the coffee table and went, oh, my God, that 1970s book. And we went, yes, that's always in our lounge room. I went, yes, it is. Well done. We got this retro book from the 70s that sort of celebrates all 
packaging and products of the 1970s. And the kids remember that. Isn't it funny? So they look at that and go, oh, that's nice. That is home then because that book's there. And I like that. That's Gorgeous, actually. With um, the house, is it the house before this? Yeah, the the buyer wanted to buy everything. You literally sold everything. If the kids stood still, you would have sold them too. Oh yes, yes. The the, the yeah, the last one who came and stayed in the pool house. I do recall. I did, and can I say it was the best pool house ever? <laughs> uh, yeah, we sold it furnished. Yeah. Um, and, and there were a few, yeah, I mean, there were a few pieces that I mean, oh, it's unsold, but there we go. You know, that, that's, that's the way of it. That's, that's something, uh, I don't know whether it's, it, it, it certainly is going on in some of the nicer areas of the cities, but certainly it was something that had never really used to happen on the Gold Coast. But certainly I think with sort of interstate and overseas bars coming in, seeing a nice home fully furnished, and they're going, you know what, I'll, I'll just, I'll have it as it is, thanks. You take your bedding and your yeah, medicine. And your cabinet. 1970s coffee table book. <laughs> and your 1970s coffee table book, and, and we'll take it as is. And the funny thing was we sold ours like that, and a friend of ours in the same estate at the same time was selling. He sold his exactly the same way. So it was it, both, both of us not intending to do that, but we were getting off as well, we want to take it as is. And, I mean, they literally took magazines off the coffee table as part of it. That's ridiculous, isn't it? Wow. I know. I couldn't think of anything worse. Yeah, which takes away from the well, sense of having you in the home. Yes, yes, mm. absolutely. And why would, you want a, what... why would you want a bit of Andrew in your home? Like, jeez, <laughs> eee. <laughs> which bed. <laughs> and, Andrew, we've sort of just spoken, you know, Shana and I started this podcast in the middle of lockdown in Melbourne where things were really getting pretty damn tough, I've got to say. But do you think the death of Open Plan has happened or are you seeing with, um, you know, properties for sale in your area that actually, you know, people haven't decided, oh, I can't stand the kids being at home and we just want closed walls and smaller rooms. Have you sort of seen any trends that way? Well, I thought that fully full open plan was already showing signs of of, uh, disappearing a few years ago. And that was because I think you were getting, especially with a lot of the new, bigger sort of project family homes that were getting built where you'd literally walk in the entry and you'd see the living room, the meals room, the family room, the the four or five designated living spaces all open. Now, anybody that's ever had kids will know that means your house is always going to look a tip because (laughs) you you can't manage that kind of volume of space. And or then there's one of you that might just want to be at peace and quiet or one of you that wants to build Lego or one of you that wants to sit down and and concentrate or or in the family space. But there's no separation. So I was already beginning to see that open plan generally, but maybe the option that the second living area had some kind of separation, even if it was just pocket doors that you could pull across or some kind of signal that you could, or or it could even be that the kids wanted to play um, some kind of gaming on the TV and and make lots of noise and you and your mates wanted to have a quiet wine in the back. Just just those, those options. So I was beginning to see that. But this spending a lot of time from home has just brought into us, you know, the the study used to be a big deal. Then it stopped being a big deal because a study note was all you needed. Of course, now the yeah. study kind of needs to come back because anybody that works from home doesn't have to be a very big space, but would like that ability to have a phone call or um, a few minutes piece, somewhere to keep the, the paperwork, just somewhere that 
and also, I, I, Shana, you were stuck at home for a long period of time. It's mm. Surely it must also be that ability to get up and go, right, it's about nine o'clock. I'm going to the study now. Yeah. I'm going to study for a couple of hours and then I'll come out and I'll go down the road and get a coffee. Um, but then I'll go back to the study. And um, we've in, in the design we've got here now, we, we've got a study nook, but we've also got a designated area that's away from the main living spaces. We, we've nicknamed it, don't laugh, our Zoom room. Zoom um, room, I love it. I <laughs> love room. it. It's a Zoom room. And the Zoom room is, is designed that says, if anyone's looking at us, look, the background is lovely and you don't even have to worry. Yeah. Oh. And I think that's the thing also. We, we, I agree with you. We've been looking for those sort of areas to sort of um, hide away and get away and sort of the world has been absolutely manic before we hit COVID and so that room that was like that little getaway is now part of you know study slash getaway room and I think you know sometimes you just need to learn that sense of stillness and quietness and it's not just about you know study and yeah, I, I, think, I, think, I think it is. It's about having those. And I mean, it's ridiculous, isn't it? It's just a, it's just a wall. Um, but it, it's, it just gives you that, I don't know, it's, it's just an old school thing. I still think there's no doubt that the main living area and the kitchen all need to be connected because nothing's changed there. Whoever's cooking, let's face it, it can be any member of the family wants to be cooking, usually wants to be part um, of the rest of whatever's going on. And it's that sort of communal space that the kids are doing the homework or, you know, it's just that, that lovely freedom of having that one big open space has not gone. However, the in an ideal world, you have a secondary space, even if it's a spare bedroom that you don't use that doubles up as a study come guest bedroom come second playroom or whatever. It How just, many times it's have not, you had just to not the junk playroom? room anymore. It's just not the junk room no, where you put the ironing. Be. Yeah. No, it can't be. How many times on selling houses have you, you know, you've had those rooms and we've had this discussion. The most important thing is layout and room definition. You need to suggest a room is a double function because we've only got four bedrooms and one living area, but you really need a second living area. So bedroom four has to have a a sofa bed in it and a desk so it can be the guest bedroom or the study or the living room. That total dual function, and I, I think that's yeah. yeah and where where people, are, it's it's a hangout room, it's a media room, it's a study. You know, you define it. You know, you only have one or two actions for it because I think then it just doesn't become a room or anything. It becomes a junk room. Oh no, then it becomes yeah, a junk room. Absolutely, but I think you know having two purposes for one room um, is real estate sense, isn't it, Andrew? Mm, absolutely. <laughs> oh, well, we can look forward to seeing Zoom rooms added to uh, the Selling Houses <laughs> Australia agenda. I'm so going to miss seeing you two on the TV and Charlie, of course, as well. But, Andrew, I'm sure your phone's going to run hot with people uh, desperately keen to maybe put their name forward for Shana's position. So, interesting yeah, times. I mean, <laughs> I mean it's, it's been great as far as I'm concerned because obviously we'll pay them less. So, I'm trying to get the <laughs> what the difference between But what, you'll never yeah, put that back into the houses. So, what <laughs> you going to do that? You still, and you're not going to shout people coffee. So I just want to know if that's going on to your renovation. <laughs> <laughs> the trouble is at the moment we can't find people that need to sell their house because that's quite well, easy at the moment. Exactly. That's the thing. So you'll probably be in, in the back of, you know, where um, trying to yeah. sell a house that's unsellable and, you know, everything's yeah. pretty much flying off the shelf. So good luck with that one. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Andrew Winter, thank you so much for your time on Homestyle. Thank you. This has been Homestyle, all thanks to Red Energy, born and bred in Melbourne, with a customer's solutions team based here. Switch to Red Energy today. Thank you, Shana. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Jane. 
Thanks for listening to Homestyle with Shana Blaze. Thanks to Red Energy, born and bred in Melbourne with a customer solutions team based here. Switch to Red Energy today. If you've enjoyed listening to the Homestyle podcast for Red Energy and you're keen to find out more about buying or selling your home, innovations in property management and real estate, we recommend subscribing to the Under the Hammer podcast. It's a twice-monthly podcast all about real estate with me, Jane Newell, and Stavros Ampazidis, company director with O'Brien Real Estate. The Under the Hammer podcast is proudly supported by Direct Connect, making moving easy for you. And if you're a real estate agent interested in using Direct Connect, call 1300 664 715 to see how they can benefit you and your team. The Under the Hammer podcast. Subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts.